Hello and welcome to episode 11 of the Print Design Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Hopkins, and uh, thanks for stopping by. Welcome. Welcome here. Just so you know, if you are interested in graphic design for print and starting to learn the fundamentals of graphic design for print, head over to printdesignacademy.com where I have a free video series for you, no strings attached, just uh, something to get you excited about print design and excited about printing and uh, starting down that path. So no strings attached, free video series over at printdesignacademy.com. Go get it. Now, today my guest is Dan Mumford. I interviewed Dan back on the Quickie podcast as well, and we had an incredible conversation all around screen print and his design story, but screen print is such a big part of his career. So I loved diving deeper into that with him in this episode. We talk all about his earliest memories of seeing design printed design. We talk about inspirational comic series to him. We talk about NASA brand books. We talk about the Goosebumps books. If you don't know, now you know. Goosebumps by R.L. Stein. Big piece of my life there. We talk about his very first screen print posters back in college, some of the oopses along the way and things that he's learned. Loved chatting with Dan about screen print here, and I know you're going to dig it if you are at all interested in tangible design, in screen print design, and just what is possible there. Plus, Dan's an awesome guy. So let's get to it. Ladies and gentlemen, Dan Mumford, let's hit that intro. Welcome to the Print Design Podcast, the show where we talk about all things print and packaging. We go behind the scenes with designers and talk about the print projects they designed that really rocked their world. From file prep to holding the finished product in their hand and all the key decisions in between. So let's talk ink on paper. Good morning, Dan. Welcome to the Print Design Podcast. How are you today? I'm very good, thank you. How are you? Doing terrific. I really enjoyed our quickie conversation back in the day. Mm. I won't even say how long ago that was now. <laughs> but uh, Quite I, a while. Yeah, exactly. I really remember us getting into screen print posters and you sharing a couple of stories about some art shows and things um, that you mm. had done based on your poster work. And mm -hmm. um, so I really wanted to get you on this show. So before we dive into print, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, well, I'm a freelance illustrator. I've been working in as a freelancer for about 13 years, I think. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm, I mainly create printed posters, basically, these days. Um, I'd say that's probably around 70% of what I do. Um, and sometimes it will be, you know, some packaging or other products, that sort of thing. Um, but, but generally it's pretty much pretty fun stuff in the, the sort of pop culture arena. That's generally what I'm doing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you print must hold like a special place in your heart every chance you get. Yeah. 
yeah, oh, definitely. Like, um, it, there is always something special about when you receive the final edition of a screen print and you sort of open that paper and see what, see how it came out. You know, that's always an amazing feeling. So I'm trying to close my eyes and picture that moment here. Is there <laughs> is there a smell? What am I smelling when I'm unwrapping oh, the yeah. craft wrap? What am I? <laughs> well. I mean, that really depends on the printer and the inks they use. Because mm-hmm. um, obviously, you know, it could be watercolor based or oil based. And man, the smell you get from oil based inks when they have been uh, wrapped up in paper and shipped over from America, which is where most of my prints are printed. Mm-hmm. Um, like, the, the the smell just sort of goes throughout my whole studio and everyone's like, oh, did you open some new prints? Like, it's a very, <laughs> People it's a very walking by, I'm smelling yeah. print. Did you have some new prints over here? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but I, I do, I, I do love that smell actually. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. There was one time where I was delivering um, 5,000 wedding catalogs. These were like mini wedding catalogs. There's like 160 pages. Yeah. Um, printed with um like conventional inks offset so it Mm -hmm. was sort of just like off gassing as you're like finishing essentially Mm -hmm. and i locked it i prepared the car for my early morning drive the night before and so all of these magazines sat in my closed vehicle overnight and when i opened up the door to get in the next morning oh my gosh (laughs) the smell that that must have been pretty intense. Right? It was intense. It was wonderful. It was strong. <laughs> I had to ride basically the whole 45-minute drive with the windows open. but uh, And the car smelled like it for probably a good two weeks after. Um, that, that reminds me of um, a time when I was doing I – don't, I don't do my own printing anymore because I'm not, I'm not a very good screen printer. Um, <laughs> but when I was at university – me and a couple of friends were doing our own screen printing and uh, someone we knew had a, a carousel set up in their the home, in the spare room, essentially. And the, the problem was there was no windows at all to open. Oh so there's no gosh. ventilation, nothing. And um, it was oil-based inks. And that went horribly wrong because we all got <laughs> really bad headaches, uh. really lightheaded, lightheaded, and just had to sort of – I think we just went and sat on the roof for like three hours afterwards because I just – I felt destroyed by it. So you've got to oh, be careful with some inks. definitely have to be careful. Yeah. So, Dan, I want to start by kicking this back in time here. And I want to ask, what is your earliest memory of printer packaging? Something from your childhood or your teens? Um, for me, I think it is that moment when you would walk into uh, Blockbuster or your local video rental store, yes. and I, you know, I would go in with my dad, and I was, uh, I, I would imagine my earliest memories of when I was like seven or eight, you know, mm-hmm. when I was really starting to take things in, and I would always. You know, he he would let me just wander off and look around while he was looking at things, and I would always end up in the horror section. <laughs> nice. And and I was just looking at the back of these things, reading what they were about, looking at the front covers, and it was they all looked like the best film ever made, every single one. Right, mm-hmm. these absolutely ridiculous uh, covers that were. I think they were like nearly always hand painted as well, like from that era, because that would have been that would have been like 
around 92 when I was going in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're talking about films that probably came out in the 80s, maybe the late 70s. And they would just have these amazing covers, like uh, uh, like the Evil Dead films. And um, there's one in particular, uh, the House series. And there's like a series of films, I think like four. And they're just like House 1, House 2, House 3, House 4. And they always just had like a decapitated, not decapitated, a, a floating hand, like just some sort of zombie hand on the front. And I was like, I was just like, what is this film? I really want to watch it. And do you know what? To this day, I've still never watched that film. Um, <laughs> You're going to find it tonight. I know you are. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but but I did find in my adult life, when I would eventually get around to watching these old horror films, they were nearly nearly always not as good as my imagination made them out to be at the time you know <laughs> yes so yeah. there, there was always a little bit of disappointment there but but that was one of the first things that made me love that style of artwork and get interested in just sort of fantasy and horror and just weird stuff you know mm-hmm. yeah so true the artwork sold it right yeah totally yeah uh, and i mean that's that's advertising that's selling stuff right so you know you you do a good cover and people will be interested you, you're going to gravitate towards it aren't you mm-hmm. now have you ever had the opportunity to illustrate or create any sort of vhs tapes with the cover design i've never done any vhs covers but i have done some dvd covers um I don't think anything's ever ended up as a as a VHS, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. That's a that's a bummer. But that's probably something I'll get a chance to do one day, as like a uh, you know, because people are getting into more retro stuff. Yeah. The further we go through the decades and stuff, (laughs) we just kind of rewound, right? And then record players became cool, so it's a few more years, and all of a sudden the eight track will be back, and around that area, then the VHS (laughs) comes back, and it's just kind of this circle. I'd, yeah, I, I kind of hope so, actually. Um, yes. I, I, I like the chunkier VHS box, you know. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm at the stage now where, where I don't I don't buy DVDs or anything. It's really sad because I used to love collecting uh, DVDs and box sets and things, mm-hmm. like, like I think a lot of people did. Um, but I've, I've gone quite digital these days, and it's – it's sad but it's also through necessity you know because mm-hmm. i i live in london we don't have a lot of space there's i can't really justify a wall filled with uh dvds and cds not right now anyway when i'm older i think <laughs> definitely i think it would actually be a fun little like print exercise or print challenge to um you know send out a, a mini little brief to a bunch of different graphic designers about a certain made-up film and just mm. sort of see what kind of vhs cover artwork comes back but to actually yeah. print it and die cut it into like VHS yeah. shapes. That would be so cool. I mean, do, do, do you know what? That also makes me think that I, I have a feeling a lot of the time these covers were made and they didn't necessarily know what the film was. Do you know what I mean? Oh, like, totally. They, they would have a, a brief understanding of it. Um, but that's also kind of what made them so good because they would exaggerate elements or make them better in a way. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. Um, so Dan, I want to sort of fast forward time a little bit to more recently. Have you had a recent interaction with printer packaging that you really enjoyed? Hmm. Um, 
yeah, actually, very. This is very recent. Um, so I really enjoy graphic novels, and um, uh, that, that's just like comics have been a, a passion of mine since I was a little kid, mm-hmm. and so nowadays I can indulge that slightly more, and you know, I can get the really nice hardcover omnibus collections of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got one recently, and it's the original comic series for Aliens. Um, oh, cool. And they released like a 30th anniversary big hardcover book. And it's all in black and white. But the, the book itself is a really nice sort of chunky tome. And it's all black, including the edges of the pages. So it's it's like a sort of shiny black all the way around it. Um, and it's just it's just really nice. You know, it, it's for something that's quite simple because the you know, the comics themselves the, the artwork, that's also just black and white. So the whole thing's just black and white as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, you know, it's got a nice sort of shiny element on the front to uh, help the type stick out and the image as well. So it's just uh, it's just one of those things where it's really simple, actually, but it's really effective. And it just, it just looks really nice. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I'm big into brand books lately. And just collecting brand, oh, okay. brand yeah. books from, you know, some of these gigantic companies around the U.S. Um, NASA yeah. is the one I've got my eyes on right now, adding that oh, to, wow. to my collection just because it's such a unique piece. Yeah, I mean, I mean, but books are the one thing that I do still uh, collect, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, particularly graphic novels um but i think between myself and my partner we've got a lot of books and i think that's because the move to digital for comics and reading books that that never worked for me that Mm -hmm. that doesn't work because i want to enjoy i think and that's because of print because i want to enjoy it i want to have that in front of me Mm um whereas a, a movie and music is you know, it's not quite the same. You're not holding it. It's not really a tactile thing, unless you really want the packaging for that stuff, of course. Um, and this is all this is all odd for me to be saying because I'm someone who has designed about 200 album covers and packaging uh, inserts in my career so far. So mm-hmm. um, I probably own more of my own CDs now than I do of other stuff. Uh, yeah. <laughs> nice. Do you remember um, the Goosebumps books as a kid? Did you ever see those or get into those? Mm. Oh, yeah, they're amazing. Yeah, with the sort of the raised cover and stuff. Yeah, I never really made the connection, but I had the full mm. set of Goosebumps when I was a kid, and I remember the incredible illustrations on them. And the words mm. Goosebumps were usually embossed, and a couple of them, they yep. would actually like glow in the dark. Yeah, I, I think that that's actually an arena where you see quite a lot of innovation with uh, book covers. Like I've done a few, I actually have done quite a few sort of young adult book covers recently. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not something that I think people realize I do, but I do, I do share them, but it's not like predominantly what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and with those, there's nearly always quite a fun element like uh, glow in the dark or uh, embossed sort of uh, type or something like that. And I think that's because they're always looking for a way to draw the younger audience in a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, to be honest, that's normally not for me. That will be from the art director or the, the, the company I'm working with. They'll, uh, they'll have these ideas and they nearly always work really well. 
Um, but Goosebumps was very much, they just jumped off the shelves when you were a kid, definitely. Absolutely. Mm. What do you think makes print so special to designers? Because even if a designer hasn't been able to sort of get any print projects yet or don't know where to start with print, they still seem to love it. What do you think it is about print? Um, so for me, it's it's kind of like it's the final the final outcome, you know? It's the final stage where it all comes together. Mm-hmm. And as I just mentioned, I, I've done a lot of uh, albums uh, where I'm doing the cover and the booklet, like the inserts, the even the CD face itself. And also uh, about... I don't know, like 500 T-shirts for bands. And it never really would feel like I'd finished the pro- the project until I was holding that in my hands. Mm-hmm. And so, like, when I would get a delivery of the stuff I've been doing, that was always a really exciting moment because you're seeing it in front of you, you know. It's not just on the screen. Um, and I do everything digitally as, as well, so there isn't that original ink drawing or something like that. It's... It is just sort of in the ether until it actually becomes a product. Until it's put on the paper. Yeah. And for that reason, I also sort of feel like whenever I do a project that is perhaps just for for digital or just for sort of promo stuff online, it kind of never feels like the project's reached its end point. Um, Mm -hmm. Like until I – and sometimes I also print the artwork out that I've created – as a print just for me <laughs> um, just to have in the just to have in the archive because yeah. that's that that is always the i don't know that that's for me that's the end point when you actually can hold it in your hands um and that always just feels pretty special when so, you get to that bit yeah so like final finished reward hmm. yeah exactly like you can sort of close the book on that project um mm-hmm. yeah i don't know that I mean, that's just me personally, but that, that's what what I love about printed products. Yeah. Totally. No, it, that it brings some sort of finality to it, that you can hold the the tangible creation in your hand. Hmm. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Dan, do you remember what the very first print project that you were ever a part of was, the first one that you produced? Yes. Um, so... We have to go. We have to go far back into the year of two thousand six, um, <laughs> and that was when I was at university, and um, probably my second year, so about the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't really know what the hell I was doing. <laughs> um, I mean, you know, does anyone at university not totally. really? Um, so I, I was struggling with what to do we'd get these projects every couple of weeks and i'd be like i don't know i'll do another black and white drawing in ink and pen that was basically all i did i didn't use color either i couldn't do it mm-hmm. and um one of my my tutors they were like why don't you try screen printing like that'd be a good way for you to just add one color to your black and white stuff mm-hmm. um and 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 that was what i did i just tried doing a few sort of test prints and really learning how to screen print or just understanding how a screen print is built up. Um, and that, that sort of laid the basic fundamentals for everything I do now, mm-hmm. uh, by understanding how to create an image with screen print. And that's also, I sort of create my artwork with screen print in mind, even if it's not going to be a screen print. 
Um, so the first projects I did, though, they were... Um, I kind of went all in. Like, I very quickly understood how to do a screen print, like, you know, layering colour on top. And I think the very first thing I did properly was my take on the four horsemen of the apocalypse, <laughs> you know, very, <laughs> very, very keeping in line with who I was and probably still am. Um, and I don't know, they were fine. Uh, the registration was awful because I just couldn't get my head around that. And then after that, I quickly did uh, a few things that was uh, like sort of landscapes of a nuclear explosion and a couple sitting on a bench in front of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were really bright colours. The thing is, I didn't really, I didn't really know how to put those bright colours on the paper. So they were normally quite muddy, where I thought they'd be these really bright, vibrant things. Um, but they were they were pretty much my first, my first proper print projects that I did for me. And then I also did a uh, a poster for a, a local band in Brighton, where I was for a band called Johnny Truant, mm-hmm. and they they sort of got me to do this little gig poster for them um and this these all happened sort of around the same time in like a two-month period i think and that was that was the moment when i really i don't know really decided that screen print was something that i enjoyed and wanted to do and i continued to do it actually like throughout my whole university career so that was really the catalyst to you know pursuing and staying in that screen print arena yeah, totally. It, it was that, and uh, and and working with a couple of bands that really sort of started me on a on my career, uh, like because bands were working in music with bands was like the first four years of what I was doing, pretty much. That's so cool. So that was the intro to screen print. Yeah, yeah. A professor just casually says, "Why don't you try screen print?" <laughs> yeah, and and you know what's weird is he. Um, so this was my tutor Ian Wright, and he. He ended up. I ended up moving to his studio when I moved to London afterwards. So I ended up sharing a studio with him for about ten years as well. Oh, that's cool. So, yeah, no, that, that was really nice to then sort of be able to just talk on a not student tutor level, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, I, I, I think if I hadn't tried screen printing, I'd be in a very different place. Yeah, definitely. Isn't that so interesting where you look back at something that at the time probably seemed like not a big deal and it turns out that it was mm. a massive um, thing and you know, it really pointed you in a firm direction for your, the, the future oh. of your career. Yeah, 100%. Like, I always find that, that, so that really – yeah, like just one thing, right? Mm-hmm. I, I think my whole, my whole career is made up of quite a few – points where you go okay that's deciding the next three or four years for me actually (laughs) incredible (laughs) yeah it's good so dan as we know being in the print game it doesn't always go as planned there's things Mm. to be learned especially earlier on in your career um where it's beautiful time to just make some mistakes Mm. um have you ever been a part of a print project that just didn't turn out as you had hoped didn't go well maybe it went sideways can you tell us about that project yeah um i I actually have like a few (laughs) (laughs) Um, and i just i couldn't decide there's there's two that i think i'll I'll tell you about um there's also like before i go into those a lot of the time it's always a bit of a 
you know, are we going to get the colors quite right on this when mm -hmm. I get these prints back? Is Are they going to be slightly off? And that's, I've never had that go horrifically wrong, mm -hmm. but there have been, there have been a few projects where I've got the colors, the prints back and gone, yeah, you know what? Maybe I didn't call out the Pantone correctly there or, or something happened. And that could be a bummer sometimes, but never to the point where I think it's been detrimental to the artwork. Mm -hmm. um, but that's, I think that's the thing that most most people probably go through with print projects. Um, like, you know, getting the colors right is always, it's always a really tough one, I think. Um, but because of that, like just, I, I always just say, you know, work with printers that you trust or have worked with in the past and things have come back really well, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but so that's just sort of like a good, good thing for people to keep in mind, I guess. Um, but as for the projects that went, like really badly beyond that. Um, <laughs> so there's one project where I think this was probably 2009. Okay. And I was along with, I had a small studio space, but I also uh, was like part of a, I had a membership to a screen print studio. So I would occasionally go down there and do some screen printing. Mm -hmm. And I was doing a screen print for a gig and I decided I, I was going to print it myself. And it was only like a four color. It's quite a small print, like A3 in size, something like that. And um, I don't know. I, I did the first two colors. I was happy with them. And then I did the third color and I was like, mm, it's a bit off. And then I did the like the final black. And I was like, oh my God, I've totally screwed this up completely. And I just remember the heartache looking at this pile of prints i probably spent like six or seven hours and it just looked awful oh, no. <laughs> and, and and i just and i remember just going outside calling up the drummer of the band and saying i'm i'm really sorry but i can't deliver these prints to you for the show tomorrow because i've screwed up quite badly and luckily they're my friends so it didn't matter too much but that was the point where I said, okay, I'm never going to screen print again. <laughs> oh, no. And that's genuinely the last time I screen printed. Uh, since then, I have... Oh, okay, I've done a little bit of screen printing for, like, some uh, like little tutorial things. But mm -hmm. prof professionally, I always get people that are better at printing than me to do it. <laughs> <laughs> and... I think that's a good thing to sort of maybe know your limits sometimes with that stuff. Uh, I could get better, but I'm more interested in the creating than the actual process of printing it. Mm -hmm. um, so for that reason, yeah, I, I just like to work with printers who are really good now instead. So which, which poster was this? What is the, the band and the detail on this one? Uh, it was, it was for gallows who were my friends and they, they come up again in a few other tales, like basically they were local, uh, a local band who got quite popular. And um, so I, I ended up doing some stuff with them because I knew them. And the poster was like a, as a skull with an axe in it and some crows, you know, particularly gothic. Mm -hmm. um, it's, not, it's not my greatest design or anything, but it never saw the light of day. I think maybe we used it online. Uh, mm -hmm. I can't remember now. <laughs> So it was what, just what did, like, yeah. what did the prints look like? Like, what was the just really quick? What was the order that this laid down in? Uh, I think it was like two light grays, a red, and then black. And 
it was it was you know it was the usual you get to the black where it's meant to bring everything together and the black did not bring everything together mm-hmm. so you know I, I just but I wasn't a good enough printer to realize my mistake until I got to that point <laughs> yeah, uh, it's, it's too late yeah exactly um, and then the the other story I have is uh, this was going even further back like when I was at university, I was doing some screen printing um, and I'd, I was using like an oil ink that we mixed ourselves. Like I can't remember what it's called, but the stuff that you put in it to make it dry. Um, and basically I put, I put, I didn't put enough in it or I put too much in, I don't know, but I printed these prints and put the black layer on it and they did not dry over like the course of about 72 hours, I think. Oh my goodness. Um, and, and so I was like, okay, um, I'm going to take these home and hope that I can dry them at home. And I had this stack of a hundred prints hanging all around my bedroom, um, hoping they're going to dry and they just stayed sticky and they just like, eventually I just had to give up. I think I managed to salvage maybe 30% of them or something. Um, but that was, that was another point where I learned quickly I wasn't that great at screen printing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I know yeah. the stuff you're talking about. I um, went back when I was running presses. I mean, it's, I'm sure it's a similar product, but there was this product, I think it was literally called Speedy Dry. And you would put it in the ink fountain and you'd mix it in with the ink and it would dry the ink faster. Mm. But, I mean, we had instances at the shop where a little bit too much got put in when we were nervous about a big, dark, solid color when yeah. we needed to print the other side. And um, ink dried on the rollers. And you basically had to pull the press apart and scrub these things like crazy to get it off. Mm. Yeah, no, it's it, like I... I mean, like cleaning screens and stuff. That's another thing I don't miss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Like, um, you know, I think the whole the whole process of screen printing. There was when it went well. I was like, that was a really satisfying day. You know, mm-hmm. I felt good. And then when it goes wrong, and at the end of it, you're like, well, half of these are good. The rest I've got to throw away. It's just like. I don't know if I can do this anymore. <laughs> and then you got to clean as well. Like, even though you're looking at the stack of prints going, I didn't quite nail this. And then you've got to clean everything up and you're like, Oh my God, you just, just have to like live in the shame. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, but, it, but saying all that, it's a beautiful process. Definitely. I do. I do. I do love the process of screen printing. And when I have been around other screen printers and they're the ones that, have to not make the mistakes it's a wonderful thing to watch <laughs> definitely <laughs> so dan i want to do a deep dive into a project or two now um mm. like really get into them hear about how the project came to be how decisions were made for papers and colors and what the budget was <laughs> quoting like like the behind the scenes of what it's like to go um into these projects so what uh, what do you got for me so uh, this is a deep dive and also a retro deep dive. Um, so talking about the band Gallows that I mentioned earlier. Uh-huh. Um, so my relationship started with them. Uh, like I said, they were people, friends I knew from back home. And what had happened was their band that they were in got really popular, essentially, uh-huh. um, to the point where they 
signed to Warner Brother Records. Oh, right on. And it was, you know, it was quite a big deal at the time. You know, the they were going to be the new saviors of punk rock in the UK, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And and for a time they were. It was it was really good and and exciting to see my friends doing so well actually. Um, and they got me involved to do. Well, they got me involved to help do the album artwork for this album before they signed to Warner Brothers, mm-hmm. and it got released on a smaller independent, a smaller independent label, basically. Mm-hmm. And then Warner Brothers wanted to re-release it, like a big, uh, a, a big sort of beefed-up version of it. And so, what happened was, um, I was I was in my last term of university, so. I was pretty stressed out anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but when the lead singer, he was like, okay, I've got a vision of what I want to do. And like, I want you to do it. So what we're going to do is we're going to go to Warner Brothers in London and have a meeting with them. You up for that? I was like, uh, okay, I guess. <laughs> um, like, I, I have no idea. Uh, yes. I just sort of panicked a bit. Yeah. Um, and then I had to come up with some rough ideas. It was sort of elaborating on this thing we'd done before. Um, and the, the original album, when it was released independently, I worked with this uh, designer called uh, Alex White. And we sort of, she did some different style and I did my style. And it's sort of like this beautiful mash of stuff. Um, but this time I, I was doing it all on my own. And I was sort of like, uh, I've really got to, work on this now i've really got to pull it together um and i i had maybe done one or two cd uh, layouts as an intern for a record label called fat cat records mm-hmm. so i had a rough idea of stuff and like using templates and sending stuff to print but i was really thrown in the deep end because what happened was we went for this meeting they're like okay so we want a deluxe version of the album and it's going to be in this like uh, well, no, the deluxe version of the album, they said, you can do whatever you want. And I was like, oh, nice. what do you mean? Like, what sort of packaging? They're like, what do you want to do? I was like, uh, okay, I need to think about that. Um, so it's going to be that and a vinyl and then two singles on vinyl and CD. In the end, there was about 10 things, wow. if you know what I mean. Like, yeah. there was a lot. It was, it was essentially I was designing the campaign for the next nine months i guess um so that was pretty intense and there was so much stuff to do and to just learn about because i'd never done any of this stuff not properly mm-hmm. and you know they would send me all these templates and i'd open them up in photoshop and go i guess i put the artwork in here and you know <laughs> i you know i was i was properly learning about bleed and yeah the importance of working in CMYK and not RGB and and, uh, and how you do uh, like printing on CDs like offset litho and just loads of stuff, man. And it it was it was so intense but amazing as well because they they genuinely the whole thing was uh, the singer Frank he he'd just been like no I'm I'm gonna we're gonna do what I want to do and I want whatever Dan wants to do what we're gonna be is what we're gonna do do you know what I mean yeah. he was yeah. so, he was like backing me if you will so it was it was awesome um but but yeah it was quite funny because one of the best things we did and i i 
I love that I did this and I've never been able to pull anything like this off again. Um, so the, the CD, the deluxe CD came in a, it was like a, a box, a jewel case that you sort of slipped out of a, a slip cover essentially. Okay. And it was a double CD as well. So it's quite a chunky little box. And, um, and I was like, but I don't want to put the album title on it. Like I want the front cover to just be artwork. And, they're like, okay, but we need to have something out. I was like, yeah, yeah, like a sticker on the plastic that you then take off that would have the album name on it and the title. Mm-hmm. And um, and we did the same for the two singles as well. And it's amazing because you take the uh, you take it off, you take the the sticker off, and it is just it's just a nice big piece of artwork. You know, there's no type on it and. Type is something I've had to learn to love, uh, but at the time I didn't really know what to do with type. So I was just like, I just don't want to put a title on the front cover. And the, the band backed me as well. <laughs> so oh, it was like, that's cool. awesome. Um, but it was it was like lightly down the spine. Um, but the singles, they don't say gallows on them anywhere, I don't think. I think they, they, they must do somewhere. I don't know that they do actually. Now I think about it. <laughs> um, but but it was kind of cool because it was like we were being allowed to make a statement with the artwork. And because of that, the artwork became like quite synonymous with the band and you would people would recognize it just because of that, you know. Um so that was awesome. Yeah, like it was just such a cool project to work on. So this is um, your last year of university and you get approached with this incredible opportunity. I yeah. gotta imagine that you are just as excited as you are terrified and stressed out. Yeah. Oh hundred percent. Because I, I had to do my final project at university. I also had to finish my dissertation, which is like a you know, a giant essay. Uh-huh. And I and I had to do this. Luckily, my tutors were very understandable. They were they were sort of like, I mean, you have to do this, Dan. Like, this is a great opportunity. Yeah. Um, and the the thing is, I took a lot away from it. I learned so much. I learned about working with art directors. I learned about working with people that don't care about the artwork and mm-hmm. just need to get the information on there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, I, I learned about working in a large corporate group and being the artist that's trying to push something fun through, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I learned a lot of important lessons and it really did sort of put me in a good position going forward. But saying all of that, that is perhaps the biggest project I've ever worked on. And I probably won't again <laughs> because, because it was so stressful and there was so much to do, Yeah, you know? So with this project, you basically had the support of the band and full creative freedom on it. Yeah. And like, do you remember how many of these they produced? Like what the what the cost on this stuff was? Oh, what do you mean? Like actual copies of it? Yeah. Like how many copies did they print of this kit, this uh, set? A, a lot, I think. Because the, the deluxe version, I think, was readily available at first. But then it was replaced with a standard edition. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, you know, it was worldwide, and there was also like an American version I had to prepare as well and stuff. So it was, um, I don't know, man. It was a lot. Like they they were really pushing the band as well at the time. So so it's got it to be uh, hundreds of thousands. Oh yeah, I think so. Yeah, definitely. Crazy. Yeah. Did you, were you part of like press checks? Was this printed locally? Did you just sort of send the artwork away and hope for the best? (laughs) I mean, 
Yeah, that's one of the thi- that's one of the things where I was like, I don't know. What do you mean? Check it. Check the colors. What? <laughs> uh, so what would happen a lot of the time is I would get an email back saying, Hey Dan, yeah, it looks really good, but can you make it so that the the, the text is legible in like the booklet? Because um, it was I'd it was like a twenty page booklet or something with all the lyrics in it, mm-hmm. and of course every single page was full artwork that I'd just laid text over basically yeah um i'd sort of done it carefully so it was mainly black where the type was on top of it but uh i just made the type really dark and i think this went back three or four times and they did the i did they proof it i think they sent me stuff in the post actually to check um and i think in the end i was just sort of like approving stuff that they sent me um but a lot of that was very much trial and error. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't, I didn't really know what I was doing with that stuff. Yeah. So uh, you're getting these proofs and things and they just want you to look over them, but you're not really yeah. thinking about like, Oh, if I sign this and it's not right, then, you know, no. I've got some liability here or anything like that. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because I, I also presumed there'd be someone on the other end at Warner brothers being like, uh, this is good to go. Or, this doesn't look right. Yeah. I, you know, I, I, my, my memory of it is quite bad now. I, I do mainly remember people telling me things were too dark and needed to be changed. And, you know, that's, that's just because they wanted the final product to look better. Definitely. Um, so, and, you know, so great. I mean, I, I think at the time I was like, oh, they're ruining my vision. Um, <laughs> but, you know, my vision was probably a bit stupid with some of that stuff. So <laughs> it's fine. Got it. <laughs> So the yeah. the finished result obviously came out great. Yeah, I, I was really happy with it. Um, I mean, it, like I say, it's probably the silliest and biggest project I've ever worked on like that. Um, nowadays, I, I, I just sort of, I would rather just do the front cover. You know, I, 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 don't, I don't really enjoy the process of doing the rest of it, but it's still one of the things I'm most proud of. Um, and I think maybe one day I would like to do something like that again. But mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just, um, unfortunately, CD packaging and stuff, it's not, I mean, it's not quite as important anymore um, to people. So, you know, it's just, it's just a shame. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think with all things, like all things, it'll come back around. Yeah, I, I do, and it, and it is it is with um, with vinyl as well. You know, like vinyl is very important these days, mm-hmm. um, and pe- pe- people. Uh, I think nearly every major release comes out as a vinyl as well, when it probably wouldn't have ten years ago. Definitely, no, I completely agree with that. Yeah, um, so packaging for vinyl, I think, is more important than it is for CD anymore. So from from the original meeting where it was like where they said, "Look, we want to go big with this, and Dan's going to do all of the artwork," to holding a finished copy in your hand, what is that timeline? Is that weeks? Is that months? Um, I want to guess it was a few months because I, I I remember taking it on knowing I had like a ton of stuff to do for university still. Mm-hmm. Um. But, yeah, I, c- I can't remember the exact timeline now. Uh, but it, it was a short period of time. I know that. Yeah. Wow. You know, I was I was up late at night drawing uh, every single day, pretty mm-hmm. much. 
then I had the energy for it then. Like nowadays, <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm, I'm clocking off at six. Sorry. <laughs> Making yourself sound so old then. <laughs> I know. I mean, I'm 36, but, you know, I just, I just sort of, I, I've, I now value my time in the evening and stuff. Yeah. Uh, and, and I, I just try and schedule stuff a bit more now. Yeah, and you realize also that that time away from, you know, nose down in the artwork is actually beneficial for the artwork. Oh, yeah. Like, even even right now, while we're in this lockdown, um, I, I don't work on Saturdays or Sundays because that way, by Monday, I'm really excited to get up off the couch and sit two meters away on the dining room table. <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> You're excited to change seats. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I, I, I think it's important to want to go back to work. And mm-hmm. if I was just working constantly, I mean, A, it would like really destroy my back and hand, but, yeah. um, but, but I just wouldn't enjoy it as much. And I, I like that feeling of being exciting, excited to, to get back to the drawing board. Totally. No, I know exactly mm-hmm. what you're saying. Um, so, Dan, all those designers out there that see these beautiful prints and see this, you know, printed packaging and printed artwork and want to start getting into that, want to start exploring that print world, what what advice would you give them? Where should they start? Um, I mean, I think my advice would be pretty much do what I did and just try screen printing because it's such a tactile way to understand print and understand a very a very very simple process of just pushing ink onto a piece of paper mm-hmm. you know um I, that's not to say the process of creating screen prints is simple um it's not but the the concept of it is simple mm-hmm. and once you've done it a couple of times you just go okay like now i could do that with another color over the top or a color underneath and i could create this effect and there is just something special about seeing a blank piece of paper go to, I don't know, a Technicolor piece of artwork or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I think if you want to get into print and doing things like screen prints, you have to understand the process of screen printing. Yes. Um, and that's something that's been vital to me because it means I know the limitations of what I'm doing and... I think a lot of I've seen quite a few people make artwork sometimes and then go, yeah, but the screen print didn't really work out that well. And it's like, because you've done this crazy full color thing and you can't really put that into screen print, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, I I mean, some printers can pull off magic. I've seen it done, Mm -hmm. Um, but it's, that's, that's kind of missing the point to me. Like I like a piece of artwork that's created with, the limitations in mind yes um and i i like to see that it's a screen print somehow um so so yeah just go and explore it yourself like actually understand the process a bit and it just becomes a lot more i don't know just becomes a bit more special i think if you know what's going on Oh, so true, because what I give a lot of student tours of print shops, and I have, um, you know, dozens and dozens of of student tours um, of a print shop. And when they come through, one of the most interesting things that we spend most of the time on is showing a blank piece of paper, showing the cyan printed on it, the magenta Mm. printed on it, the yellow printed on it, the black printed on it, all separately, and then each sheet as it as they all start to stack 
Mm. Right. And and I use stack yeah, yeah. loosely because I know it's not stacking, but yeah, um, yeah, yeah. as it all how it all comes together. And the same mm. concept for screen print. How yeah, did totally. how do these come together? Just learning the process, how it happens, gives you more tools and a better understanding of it for the design yeah. process. And you can start to design for that process. Yeah, and I think it's actually a really good way to learn some color theory as well. Um, because if you start playing around with colors in screen print, for example, you can see how they overlay on top of each other Mm -hmm. and the sort of, you know, it's really simple stuff like don't try and put a light color on top of a dark color. It's going to go horribly wrong, you know? (laughs) Um, but it's just, I, I learned a lot about color from that as well. I mean, I think I mentioned, like I used to just do stuff in black and white when I started out really getting into artwork Mm -hmm. and, it's because of screen print I learn color. And nowadays, like, my favorite stuff to do is the artwork that is full on all the color, you know, like rainbows of color. Yeah, definitely. So, but you learn yeah. that, that theory from learning the process. Yeah, exactly. Totally. So, Dan, I'm going to wrap this up here with what I call the ask the audience question. So when this episode goes live on Instagram, we are going to post this question in a big tile just Mm. as a standalone on instagram and the audience will weigh in and give some answers in the comments there and you'll be able to hop in there and give some feedback Mm -hmm. and all of that kind of stuff um what is your ask the audience question dan um so i think my question would be what's the best lesson that you have learned from doing your own printing Mm. so so mine was to never do my own screen printing. <laughs> that, that was the best lesson I learned. Um, but, you know, what, what was it that you learned from doing your own printing that sort of you'd like to share with people? Awesome. Love it. I'm going to ask the audience that question. And uh, Dan, that wraps it up for the Print Design Podcast, man. Thank you so much for being my guest today, for sharing these stories and uh, spending some time here. No problem at all. It's great talking to you. All right. That is the end of today's episode. Thank you so much for listening and spending some time here. Remember, if you are interested at all in graphic design for print, learning what's involved with it, some of the things you got to know, and it's you should be because it's just a great tool to have in the toolbox. And there is just an incredible feeling designing something on screen and then finally seeing it in real life on an amazing paper in your hand. So if you want to start down that path to graphic design for print, head over to printdesignacademy.com. It's a free video series over there. Yes, there is. Thanks again, and we'll see you later.